That's the title of the message. Losing to gain. Losing to gain. But before I go into that, because I have a mind, a project in my mind for our church. Because I realize God deals with nations. He deals with Israel as a person. He says, Israel is my son. And that's the way it is. He deals with people, with nations, but then he deals with the individuals within that nation. So I want to go into what I'm believing God for, for the Ark Fellowship. And I want to bring it before you and remind you what we are believing God in our church. Because God is sending us to do work here and around the world. Listen. Ezekiel 36, verse 30, that was from last Sunday. It says, And I will multiply the fruit of, the, of your trees and, increase, and the increase of your fields so that you need never again, need never again bear the reproach of famine, want, lack, not having enough. Things broken. Things missing. God says, I'm going to bless you, you your, your friends and those around you will never again see you in want. And talk about it. Amen. I believe that's the portion of people of the Ark Fellowship. It's what we believe. Be it unto you according to your faith. And I'm asking you to believe it with me so that nobody will be in need. God fed the children of Israel in in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years. They had no need. There was nobody that was sick. There was nobody that was weak. For 40 years, God took care of them. Water in the wilderness. I believe we are serving the same God today. And it's able, how many of us here? They had three million people. Three million people. We're not up to, we're not up to 200 sitting right here. Or maybe over 200 sitting here. Why can't God do that? Why is it so difficult for God to do? God can do it for every one of us. And I want you to believe God with me. That's what I'm presenting this for you. So we can believe God together. United faith, we disallow want in our midst. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God is the God of the Ark Fellowship. We will never know want. Can I hear an amen? Yes, we have to be in agreement. Bible says if two shall agree concerning anything on the earth, if you agree, God will do it. The trouble is we don't really want to agree. We're thinking, how can God do that for all of us? Some of us don't have a job. That's not your business. God can do it. Amen? God can provide for every one of us. So I want to put that out first. Losing to gain. Title of my message. There are some things, sometimes, things in your life that hold you back from God's best. There are things 
sometimes, for most of us, we're thinking, as soon as you hear me say that, you say, well, I know, I have this sin. But sometimes this has nothing to do with sin. All we want to think is about sin. I'm not measuring up. I'm not praying up. I'm not doing this. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. There are certain things that gives us comfort. Certain things that brings us that peace in the way we think about peace. That's hindering us from hearing his voice. From receiving instruction from him. Concerning your destiny. They may not be sin, but they are hindering God. They stand in his way and he's not able to really get to you. Those things have got to go. You will miss them. It's like loss. You are giving it away. And it's sacrifice. But as long as it remains, God cannot really get to you. That thing has to go. Whatever it is. It has to go. As long as it remains, God cannot really truly reveal his heart for you. And it could be sin. And God can deliver you from it for whatever it is. But you have to be willing to let it go. To lose that place of comfort. That place of content. So you can go to... Well, certainty, where you know everything is right in the place. God wants to get that out because he wants to take you somewhere that you don't have any idea about. This is the way, the way of the Lord. God wants to separate you from certain things. There are some places he doesn't want you to go. There are certain people he doesn't want you to associate with. And let it, they, it's, it's not like it's sinful to be with them. Or to go to those places is sinful. It's just that he cannot reach you because that thing, he's standing in his way. He just cannot get to you. And those things, you must be willing to put it on the altar. Whatever it is, put it on the altar. Whether it's sin, whatever it is, let God, you can have it. And sometimes God is a test to see if you will respond properly. I give you a classic example. God said to, to uh, Abraham, give me your son Isaac. Why? It's a test. Uncomfortable for you. But you see the story, you go through the story. As soon as Abraham, and look at the way God did it. He waited to the very last minute. Abraham had his, his hand up ready to come down on his son, and God stopped him. And then God said, now I know. In other words, now we can talk. Now I see that that's not in, your son is not in the way in the business I have with you. That's the way God is. You have to separate. In, in Genesis chapter 12, he says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country. From your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And then he gave him the promise. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, notice, in you, 
all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth. Notice the promise and what you have to give up. Your comfort. The things that you are familiar with. The things all around you. Abraham had to leave his father, his brothers, his nieces and nephews, everything that it was his land. And God's calling him to somewhere Abraham had no clue of. But he had to let go. He had to let go. If you want God to bless through you all the families of the earth, thank God Abraham did that, right? Look, look at us today. Every family. That's why I believe in the scripture when it says, believe in the Lord and you will be saved and your house. Meaning, when you accept Jesus, Abraham, through Abraham, Jesus, you accept, your family is blessed. Everybody in the house can become a Christian. It happens that way. But you have to let go. You have to let go. This is important. We have to let go. His family, everybody is gone. And God's calling you. What is it in your life this morning? And I'm speaking. Believe me, God's speaking to you. There is something that you're holding on to. It could be saying it may not be. And you know he's hindering your relationship with God. Would you let that thing go today? And see how God will bless you? You know, like Kenneth Hagin, he says, God told me, God was telling him, well, you were willing, but you were not, I mean, you, you were obedient, but you were not willing. So you can't eat the blessing that you are quoting to me. God told him that. He said, you know, it doesn't take a thousand years to be willing. I got willing in a hurry. I need the blessing. He got very willing. He says, he's just inside. God now, eh, I'm willing, sir. Help me now. I need this blessing. We can do that right where you sit at today. You can make that decision based on your word. I am going to let go. And when you let go, you have opened the channel of blessings. God, so you have been holding God. You see, let me tell you something. God is nature is to bless. God wants to bless. God hates cursing at people and bringing curses at people. He told uh, Noah, because of, you said the, the rainbow, right? He said to himself, I'm not going to do this anymore. He hated what happened. He judged them. He actually hated it. And then he swore to himself, as long as this thing comes up, I won't do this anymore. If you'd let God alone, we would be so blessed, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. I'm telling you the truth. If we leave him alone, there will be so much blessing. You'll be wondering. It's like a fellow that I read about. God was blessing him so much. He, he, he was worried. He said, God, uh, is everything right? Because these blessings are coming so furiously. Uh, uh, am I okay? <laughs> because uh, is everything fine? He says he searched his heart. Because God kept blessing him. God said, don't worry. It's okay. More is coming. God wants to bless people. And sometimes it's those little things, little foxes, that are hindering him from pouring out on us. 
And today, by the power of the name of Jesus, God's going to free us from all of those. Can I hear an amen? God's going to free us from all of those. That's the nature of the God we serve. We have to be willing to let go. Listen, Moses also experienced this. If, if, you, if, I, was, if, I, if I were God, <laughs> God help us. God help us. <laughs> I'll kill all of them. Again. <laughs> Please don't quote that and then erase it from the tape. Okay? <laughs> the way we think, you know, I have worked hard and I've got Moses in the palace. Right? I'm just going to work it out. It's now easy for me as God. That's the way men think, right? I'll just make it easy for myself. I'll make him Pharaoh, right? And then when he becomes Pharaoh, he frees the Jews, right? That's not his way. That's not his way. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When we think we're losing, we're gaining. When we think we're gaining, we're losing. We have to allow our thoughts to line up with his thoughts. And then we will truly understand life. Because we think we got it all made up. You just arrived here. This earth has been here way before you got here. You don't understand life. And guess who has been here before you got here? The devil himself. And he's been watching after your life since you were a baby. There's only one secure place. God and his word. And listening to his principle. Listen to what the Bible says. It says by faith. When you let go. It's going to be by faith. Because you don't know what's coming up. You don't know where God. When God called Abraham. He says to a place. That I'll give to you. Abraham didn't know what, what that was. He had to step out. Thank God he obeyed. Thank God he obeyed. And so it says, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had heard from his mother, who raised him, all the stories of his, his, his great-grandparents, Abraham, Isaac, and all of that. He didn't care about being the king or being Pharaoh. All he cared about is God. What God's doing. Not my future with Pharaoh, but my future with God. And he was willing to let that go because he considered, according to the scripture, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, staying in the house with Pharaoh. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Everything was available to this guy. He let it go. But let me ask you today. You know, when I study, I'm trying to find out who Pharaoh really was, the Pharaoh in the days of Moses. Everybody has their opinion. Have you ever searched for that? They believe it's Ramesses. Some believe it's some other Pharaoh. They don't really know. But I know who Moses is. Amen. 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 I know who Moses is. 
Don't we want, our, want to be influential, to be remembered in history and all of that? Moses gave that up. But today we talk about Moses. There is not a single day that somebody on earth is not talking about the Moses we're talking about today. He's been dead several years ago. He gave up becoming Pharaoh. And today, look at that's what it you see. Seems like you're losing, but you're actually gaining. And that's what it's I found out that this is a principle with God. Sometimes it's asking you to give up something that you think, what's the meaning of this? It's nothing to this. I just enjoy doing this. It's not sinful, but that thing is in its way. You got to let it go. Sleep is good. Hello. <laughs> to rest is good. But what if God is saying, can you give up this little lengthy sleep you got and spend 30 minutes with me? Hello. God, you know I'm tired. Yeah, you know, before he told you to do that. And in doing that, you'll gain strength. And if he's telling you to do it, there is a reason. There's something that you can't see. If that is in your heart, it's pulling you, why don't you obey? Give it up. Your destiny is in this little thing he's asking from you. Hello? And you spend that little time, and then it begins to pour into your life, and things change. That's what we don't understand. It's always asking to let go of things that are important to us, but in the scheme of eternity, it has nothing to do with your destiny. We got to let it go. We got to let it go. The disciples also had to do this. And I'm amazed at this, at, at this. You, when you read, in, and it's the same calling we're having today. I'm not saying you should be a preacher or for God to call you to be a preacher. But for every one of us, he has something that he wants from you. And many times he wants you to go, move from one place to another place or let go of certain things and do something else. And sometimes... Don't go there anymore. Okay? I don't, want to be, I don't want you to be with this type of people anymore. He loves them. But their influence on you is bad. You go to them and then before you know you're drunk. And then you repent later. You go back again. He can't walk with you. And you know he's speaking to you. Let go of that. God's relationship is standing in my way. But as soon as you are willing, he empowers you. And then you are not willing to go there. And whenever you go, ah, I shouldn't be here. And then all of a sudden, he takes you another direction. That will not only will bless your life, will bless your children. And the Bible actually says, to a thousand generations after you, if Jesus tarried. I give it up. He told his disciples, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, Luke 4, I mean Matthew chapter 4, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I like the next verse. They in 
immediately left. They immediately left their nets. I mean, abandoned that stuff. That was their business. What's God asking for you, from you? Has he asked you to quit your job? What would you say to him? That's what happened there. But these guys understood what it meant to follow the Messiah. Follow him. You know, they left immediately and they followed him. It says, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. Business. He called them. Basically, follow me. And guess what again? Immediately, they left the boat and their father. Just like Abraham. This is God's way of doing things. You have to separate. Not because it's bad, but because he's calling you. Not to ministry or pastor's work, but he has something for you to do. Whatever it is, let go. These guys immediately left. You know what they did not do? They didn't say, uh, Lord Jesus, we're going to follow you now. How, what are, how are we going to eat? Uh, do you have a house that we can go and sleep when we follow you? Where are we going to sleep? Where are we really going? No question. James and John abandoned their own father in the boat. And they went after the Savior. Today, people, nobody is willing to make any sacrifice. But everybody wants to go to heaven. Pastor says, let's do this. Say after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. And so you get your ticket to go to heaven. It's more than that. There's got to be a separation. We're going somewhere. It's called walking with God. It's a process. Enoch walked with God. If you're walking with God, you can't be with your friends, right? You can't be watching CNN, whatever it is. You're busy with God, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't watch your TV, but, but there's a time for God. And you can't let that go. There are things to live, to live, and there are place, places to go. I can't understand what is happening today in our time. How a Christian person, Sunday after Sunday, you are at home. You don't go to, and then they ask somebody, what will Jesus do on Sunday morning? Answer, where would you find Jesus on Sunday morning? You know he's going to be in church, but you're at home. Sunday after Sunday, and you're going to heaven. I know it's a tough one. um, But think about this. This is about eternity and your destiny. One moment with Jesus where he's present and promised he's going to be 
One moment, one, just a few seconds in his presence can change your life here and hereafter. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit. I want to be where his spirit is. I want to be in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Not joy for a moment. He's joy forever. He's there with you. And you give that up for a little play, a little time to play golf. I don't know where I got this golf stuff from. I don't play golf. <laughs> but they left everything. And they followed. It's understanding the principle I'd like you to look at this scripture here, Matthew, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. It says, when he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also. Hello? You know what I say? He's calling the whole world. When he had called the people to himself, and his disciples as well, everybody, this is what he said to them. Whoever desires to come after me, it's a question of desire. Whoever it is, disciple and the rest of them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. We don't hear that much in church anymore. We don't hear that anymore. And it's frightening. I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed when that day comes. I know it's a different message. It's like go to church, raise your hand, and we're going to heaven. <laughs> I really want to be sure. Life is so short. This life that we're struggling, we follow what everybody else is doing. But life here is so short. I don't want to cross to the other side, knowing I'm not coming back to the other side to make any amends. And be totally disappointed. I went the wrong way. How would you handle eternity knowing that? You had a good chance. To make the right decision. You didn't. For whatever reason. That's tragic. I have right now. The chance and the opportunity to say God. I am willing. Help me to be willing. I will go all the way with you. No matter what anybody says. Help me to do what's right. I don't want, even Paul said, I don't want to finish and then get up there and be disappointed. That's Paul the apostle. I know we don't hear those in church today, but this is serious business. It's not about membership. It's not about membership. It's about the one who hung. God died on the cross on my behalf. And disappoint him on that, on that level. No way. God help me. God help me. It's not a game. This is serious business. You have to, today I pray that God will fill your heart with the desire for commitment. It's so important. And if you do, you will never regret it. Because God will protect you, protect your family, not because of you, because of his name in your life. 
He will protect your children long. Even after you die, God is still fighting for your children. Because you committed to him. Just like he fought for Abraham's children. All the way down. Because they committed to him. There's a place to let go of certain things. You know, these days I hear Christians, they're they they, they fighting about whether to, to drink alcohol, not to drink alcohol, whether it's good. Why are you even talking about it? Why are you talking about it? The reason you are so focused on it is because God's telling you somehow this thing is not for you. Maybe for the rest of them, but it's not for you. That's why you're struggling with it. If you come to me and ask me, Pastor Goodluck, is it okay for me to drink? Guess what you get? No. Why are you asking me? Because God has been talking to you and hounding you. Stop. And then you've been finding all these excuses and scriptures to tie it together to free yourself so you can have a good conscience. And God say no. And then you say, Pastor, what do you think? Uh, no, don't drink. It may be okay for the others, but not for you. Hello. The, 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 the Nazarites, or Nazarites in the Old Testament, they were not permitted to drink. The rest of them could drink. But it's not for you. Hello. Let it go. When you're struggling, you want theology about whether to drink or not. This is silly. I need God. I don't need that stuff. And I can afford, even if it's right for me, I don't need it. When it comes to, if it's going to hinder somebody else, or hinder anyone, I'm not going there. Your children see me in a, in a bar uh, uh, with, with a mug of beer. As soon as they get home, they can't wait to tell you, we saw Pastor Goodluck. He, he was... You know that? They can't wait to get home to tell you what they saw Pastor Goodluck doing. I'm telling you, he was enjoying. Why are they doing that? They know something is not right about him. He's a preacher. You know, I will not, by the grace of God, let this little stuff Prevent me from hearing his voice. When he's trying to give me instruction. How to live. Where to go. Who to disassociate with. So I can hear his voice. You see, he couldn't deal with Abraham right in his home. God needed him away from what he was familiar with, right? To a place where he's totally unfamiliar. Then God is doing business with him. It's called the way of the Lord. You need to understand it. Come, follow me. He gives you no answer. He doesn't tell you whether you have a place to sleep. Sometimes he even tells you the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. But he's telling you to follow him. And so you know, if you follow him, you will also will not have a place to lay your head. Hello. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, 
and follow him. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Life, what are we talking about? The comfort, the cars, the houses, everything about life. Children, marriage, good marriage, and all of that. If that's your focus, you still lose it. That's what he's talking about. But for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever desires, um, whoever loses his life for my sake, and guess what? And for the gospels. It's, it's frightening. I mean, you see, there's a preacher there. He's going to, he wants to go out to minister to people. And he can't do it without money. Right? Seems like I'm doing it. I need to collect some money. take an offering right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you have the money. And then you, the devil says, You don't want to let go of that two dollars you got because you need you know you need that two dollars to, to to pay your rent. <laughs> you can't pay your rent with two dollars. And so you're afraid to give the two dollars out. He tells you you cannot afford it. But Jesus is saying, if you do that. For his name's sake and for the gospel, you won't lose your reward. You won't lose your reward. He's coming back to you. Then he says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Verse 36 gains the whole world and loses his own soul. Let me say to you very clearly today the greatest possession you have today is your soul. Even if you have a plane, your soul. That's what Jesus said. Even if you gain the whole world. And then you lose your soul. You haven't gained anything. That's the greatest possession for a human on earth. And listen, this is God telling us about life. You can argue with him, but when it's all over, you find out you were wrong. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? You can't buy your soul. The seat of your emotions, your will, your feelings, your intellect, all of it. God says you will eventually lose it because you are seeking to save it. But if you give it up, you save it. You save it. There was a young man, young ruler, uh, rich young ruler, that didn't understand this principle. And you know, one thing that we must understand, God deals with every one of us differently. He knows you. And he knows me. This young ruler came to Jesus and said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Look at Mark chapter 10. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. That's the truth. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to Jesus, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. 
That's an amazing statement. <laughs> I couldn't say that. Man, I, my mom told me one thing and I did the other thing. I didn't listen to my mom when <laughs> my father died when I was really little. But my mom, I, I was rebellious. But this guy, he's doing everything. Look at what Jesus said to him. The Bible says in verse 21, Then Jesus looking at him. Let's say Jesus is looking at you today. And loved him. And said to him, look at love's demand. He looked at the guy and loved him. Notice he didn't challenge the man that he hadn't done all of this stuff, right? Maybe the man was right. He done all of that. He kept everything. Jesus didn't challenge him. But then Jesus looked at him and loved him. This is a man. Your heart's in the right place. Good. You want to keep the law? He loved him. Then love made a demand on his life. Hello? He says, Jesus looking at him, loved him, and said to him, when God's telling you to let go of something, guess what it is? It's true love. Pure love. He said to him, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, follow me. Just like he did with Peter and the rest of them. Then he says, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Notice, why was he sad? He knew he heard what was right. Right? He just wished he was willing to do it. Sad because he couldn't let go of what was right. He left. When I read this man's story, I think about my own life. What if God had told me to go and get rid of everything? What would I do? What would you do? Sell everything you have. Give everything up. And then come. He hasn't said that to many of us. And yet the little things that he's asking from us, the devotion, time with him, Church attendance, that's important. That's so key. How are you, how you handling those type of things? What if, if, he's been, if he hasn't even asked you for anything near what he asked this man to do? And then he says it's hard to make it. Really hard to make it. I know this is not a childhood message, but you see, life is short, okay? And we have to know the truth. And I pray that God will give you grace today to make a decision in your heart. God, with your help. Amen? Amen. With your help. I want to go all the way. No holding back. I know I don't have the power. But the Bible says all that God's asking from us is willingness. If you will say yes, and it's coming from your heart, you connect with God in a covenant. Amen? And it's called the new covenant between you and your God. And a new work begins in your life again. You know, Jesus, Peter heard that, how hard it is for a man to enter into the kingdom of God. 
And Peter was very nervous. This is a man that was, had given everything. He had been following Jesus for years. And he heard Jesus say, after this young, uh, rich, young ruler left, he heard Jesus say, how it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go, get into it. The man has left everything. And yet Peter was still worried. He said to Jesus, we left everything to follow you. What will we get? What will we get? He understood he was not unwilling. He was willing to give everything up. Sometimes we lose to gain. You know, I see Jesus talk to Peter and said, No man, whatever you give, you give a hundredfold, whatever, and then you have eternal life. I don't know the name of the rich young ruler. God will not permit his name to be mentioned in his book. But you know of Peter, right? We don't know of Peter's house. If, how many houses he had, if he had one in Jerusalem, or had another house in uh, Caesarea, or maybe he had another house in Antioch. We don't know anything of that. You know, we still know of Peter till today. People build big buildings, and they name it after Peter. Right? They name it after Peter. We got all Peters all over the place. The name is all over the place. From this one man. Why? He was willing to let go of everything. To follow the master. What are you willing to give up today? This morning. What is God saying to you? You need to let go. Why is that thing so important? That is preventing you from serving God. What if you die tonight? How are you going to relate for this silly stuff? You miss eternal life? Everlasting life? You've got to make a decision today. I am going to serve God. You see, there are a lot of people who go to church. But I'm saying to you today, God wants you in. Not just going to church, let the church be in you. Oh, yes. Let the church, that's your life. I've said it here many times. I am first a Christian. That's who I am. That's what's important to me more than anything else in life. I am a Christian. Not perfect. I am a Christian. That's number one. I am a Christian first. Before I'm a black man. I'm a Christian first. Before I'm an American. If you want to find me. When things are really hard. Guess where you find me. Among my brothers. That's what's important to me in life. By the grace of God. I identify with him. I'm willing to let go of anything. By the grace of God. Because there is a life after this life. There's a life after this life. And I don't have control over what's happening over there. I need to be sure. What man will go for a journey and you're traveling and you know you're never returning back to where you, you come, you're coming from. Why wouldn't you prepare? You at least get a passport. 
Get a passport. And make sure things are, over, things are going to be over, well over there. Where are you going? Do I have a place to stay when I get there? Most people don't think about it. You're going on a long journey, never returning. I know this is not a message that people want to enjoy, but to me, it's very good for me. I want to hear it. And I want you to make a commitment to him today. Amen? Believe me, you'll never regret it. There's never been a person, and you can read through scriptures, that made a commitment with God and things didn't turn better for them. Yes, you're going to suffer sometimes. You're going to suffer loss. There are certain things that got to go. Conveniences you have, yes. But God will replace all of that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things will be added. Everything that they're dying for, killing to get, God says He'll give them to you. Uh, uh, just give them to you. It's time to make that commitment. There's things that are more important than having a family. I know I have one. There are things that are more important than having a husband or a wife. You follow him, all of those will be added. And children, bow your heads with me this morning. God, I believe this morning is calling. There are people here today that God calling to make a commitment to him. Some of us, there's, there's somebody here, I think your greatest problem is pride. But, be very careful with this, especially with regard, I'm speaking to somebody today. Be very careful with this. There's as far as you can take it and it becomes an irritant in the very presence of God. Get let go of pride. Pride goes before a fall. You don't know everything. Humble yourself before God so that God will touch your life and bless you. Today is a day of dedication for last and God's calling for us. Say, God, I'm willing to go all the way. I'm no longer holding back. I'm going to do what's right. I'm looking at you, all heads bowed. You know yourself. You know where you've been. And you know what God's speaking to you right now. And all he's asking is to say, yes, God, I'm willing. He will strengthen you. He will meet you halfway and carry you all the way. That's what this is all about. You're here this morning and you're saying, God, I will commit to you totally. With you helping me, yes, I want to do that. That's what I want for my life. If that's you this morning, would you please put your hand up, please? And God sees it, I see that. Put your hand, thank you, I see that, I see that. I see that, I see that, I see that. Thank you, I see that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful.
is somebody here. Christianity has just been a game for you. Please turn away. Turn away from that and turn to God. He will help you. Ask Him to give you a new heart. Ask Him to give you a new spirit. He promised He will do that. Ask Him to put His spirit inside of you. If you do that this morning, the Lord will hear from heaven. Many times I have to ask God, I want to do this. Can you help me to be willing? I need your help. I want to be willing. Not in my head. I want to be willing in my heart to do what you're calling me to do. Whatever you're asking for me. It's not a game. This is real life. Eternity is on the other side this morning. Make the right decision, please. God saying to you this morning, I put before you life or death this morning. Choose life that it might go well with you and your family and your children. He is here this morning. And when you raise your hand up, he saw your hand up. And I'm asking my father, he'll help you. He'll make you strong. He'll make you a warrior for God. He'll walk with you. And you will feel his love. Today is a day we are right now in the valley of decision. And you can make that decision for him. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about living for Jesus. Who gave his life on the cross. That was the life of God himself. May his goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. May you find peace in his presence. May he fill your heart with his presence today. For those of us that raise our hands, I want to pray with you. Would everyone please stand up? Stand up before God today. He's here. Can we lift our hands up in surrender to Him? And you know what your heart is speaking to you. What I want you to say today, God, I receive from you. I receive you. It's my Lord and Savior. I am willing. Help me to be willing. Empower me to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful to your word. And I receive your word into my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen.